It's the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travis on Magic Talk. So, uh, dogs. Who doesn't love a good dog? I love, and the key to that is good dog, right? Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs is here on the Sunday Cafe to help you with your dog training endeavours. So call now to have a chat with Darren on 0800 844 747. Morning, Darren. Good morning, Roman. How are you this morning? Yeah, good. You'd be a big Spice Girls fan, wouldn't you? I have to admit, I am. See, I know. <laughs> my age now, Roman. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Everyone comes out of the closet when the Spice Girls are around and they start admitting things. They're very successful. Hey, look, um, oh. th- that kind of ties in quite nicely with people who buy dogs based on an image they want to portray. Do you think that's often the case? It is, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you see um, a lot of the sort of dogs that people get nowadays um, are for, shall we say, more the stylish side of your life mm. i think probably than the actual utilitarian side of your life and i think it's really important that we make sure that we sort of get that balance right because we yeah. could end up with a, a nightmare dog or a dog just doesn't really suit our, our lifestyle completely yeah look you like me and many people listening will know that dog that's in a public area and it's just running around and the owner's saying it's okay he's fine <laughs> and they've got no control over it but we're coming into puppy season again what are, are some of, what are some of the things we need to really think about before we yeah. go and buy a dog I've, I've, done, I've done a list, Roman. I've been really organised today, and I've got a top ten list of things that you need to think about before you get your puppy. Mm. So uh, whether we'll get through all of them today is another question, but um, I'll, I'll endeavour to, to go through some of them. So, so I guess one of the first things that you've really got to think about, and, and I hate to bring this one up first, is can you actually afford it? Um, mm. And I know that dogs are quite expensive, and I'm not really talking about the cost because we can always find enough money to get that gorgeous little dog, but have we really thought about how much it costs for the first year for a dog. On average, did you know, it costs $1,500 to look after your dog for the first year, and that's not including mm-hmm. food. That's just including possible vet bills and toys and grooming and that sort of stuff. Wow. And that's a lot of money. Yeah, and yeah, it is. If, and that's the normal sort of vet, just checkups, not if something really crazy happens. Mm. Um, a friend of mine had a little puppy, and it just started eating stones, so they've had three operations now. They're about two or three grand, you know, a pop. Why would you do that as a puppy? Oh, puppies eat all sorts of things. Who yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. knows? <laughs> Probably thought it was a treat, maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, it's cost them quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely think about can you actually afford that? I know we can always find money, but, um, you know, if, if it really something really goes wrong, if you've got that couple of thousand just lying around there that you could use, because <laughs> um, you never know. Um, probably one of the most important things is considering the breed and the temperament of the breed. So... And that's what we just kind of touched on. Does it fit in your lifestyle? Um, yeah. I've got board collies. I've got Irish setters. They love to run. We've got lots of exercise area. They run like all day. But if you're living in a small flat, a board collie is certainly not something that you want to be bringing to your household. Oh. It's, it's going to get so bored. Do you know what? We've spoken about this several times. I just, I really feel for a working dog that gets shoved in some stupid little apartment and never gets yeah. to be the working dog it wants to be. That's right, and I think I think um, dogs are a victim of their own success because we see on TV all of the lovely little border collies that are walking along to heel, and everyone goes, "Oh wow, I'd love to have a dog like that." They don't realise that those dogs are working dogs, and that's why they're so good at that. So yeah. putting them inside a you know a house and closing the door, it's just going to wreck your joint basically. Oh, it <laughs> not is not a good not a good mix. Also, one of the things that um, that I've really um, realised over the years has been a bit of a problem for me as well is um, I've got very furry dogs very fluffy dogs Mm. and fluffy dogs mean lots of grooming 
So do you actually have the skills all the time to groom your dog on a regular occurrence, or do you have the money there to take them to a groomer to get it done? And that's, because if you don't look after their coat, then they can have all sorts of problems. Yeah. It's been really, really, I mean, the, you know, the great big um, English sheepdog. Great big furry thing. You don't want to go get one of those if you're not very good. No, and some dogs, like the Border Terrier, some dogs have two coats. You can't clipper them. You've actually got to pull that top coat out. Oh, and that takes a long time. It does. All right, so let's get to the phones. Look, there's lots and lots of tips we'll come to. The list of 10 top things you've got to consider before buying a dog. We'll come to more of those soon. But to your calls on 0800 844 747. G'day, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good morning, Josh. I've just got a um, just got a question regarding um, just travelling with my dog. I have him in the back of the car, and it's yep. his favourite thing, and he absolutely loves it. As soon as I mention it, he goes nuts. But awesome. like, we do hours and hours on the road, and uh, right. he just constantly won't shut up. Like he's just constantly <laughs> whinging and like talking, but whinging. And if I have anyone else in the front seat, like he's in the back, they just can't stand it. I guess I'm just used to it. So is he, like, it's like anxiety, but it's not, you know, he's not worried. He's yeah. very happy, but it's oh, it's intense, really. Is that, is that the ultimate the ultimate backseat driver? Yeah, <laughs> yeah mate. He's telling you how to drive, probably. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. We think yeah. he does. Oh, um, I mean, if you're not barking his head off, is it just literally just whining? What you, what you could do is think about... You could think about crating him in the back. Because quite often dogs, if they're a little bit scared in the background, if you think about it, they're looking out and they're seeing all these things whizzing past them. They don't really have that concept because they're not moving, of things moving so fast. It can be a bit a bit sort of unnerving for them. So you could put them in a crate and, and cover the crate over. That's, that's quite a good thing. And then they don't necessarily see the outside. If you leave the front... Um, oh, no, he's got to head out the window, mate. That's his whole thing, is head out the window. Uh, I'd hate to tell you how fast I've gone, see how how uh, long he'll hold it out there for, but, you know, that's his thing, is head out the window. So, well, I would say that. <clears throat> I would say what's happening then is he's just getting really, really excited, and, and you've made that car the, the best thing, so he's just, like, sharing yeah. I would say. The only way to get around that would be, to, like I say, to close the, close the window, which, think about that, because um, I've had a few uh, reports of dogs that have actually jumped out of windows, even though we think there's not enough room. Um, sometimes they do that, and yeah. that's, that's the last thing you want. But, I, yeah, I would probably crate them or, or harness them so they can't get out that window, and that's probably going to bring his sort of excitement level down, maybe. But if he's not barking... He's just whimpering. <laughs> it's not so bad, is it? Nah, no. Nah, cheers, man. I guess there's probably nothing really I can do. I've, I've, I've um, yeah. created a monster. <laughs> but he's, he's probably telling you to sleep. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. All the best, Darren. Just going back to that point, are you better to keep a dog from day one in the car on the floor in the footwell rather than no, on the seats? I think that's a really serious thing as well. I think we touched on that a while ago, but dogs definitely harnessed or crated in the car because I think I think I can't remember the statistic exactly but I think a five kilogram dog at 60 k's becomes a 250 kilogram dog mm. when it stops and hits you in the back of the head so you're not really going to live very long if it does no no um, even with a two yeah, hour crated. All right, so let's go back to that list. And by the way, if you'd like to call and have a chat with Darren, anything dog-related is fine, 0800 844 747. Darren's from Mindfulness for Dogs. Now, we've got to about point number two on your list of things to consider. Yeah, we're not going to get to 10, are we? Um, So research the breeder. This is so important. There's so many backstreet breeders there that are doing a good job. Some of them, but some of them aren't doing a good job, and, and it's really hard to tell. So there's a, there's a dog website called um, dogsnz.org.nz, and that's got a whole list of 
generally reputable breeders. A lot of them are Kennel Club approved breeders, mm. and they're all pedigree dogs. I'm not saying that um, a pedigree is better than a crossbreed, but you still need to make sure that that breeder has got all the paperwork. It's got, um, it's done all the necessary vet checks for that um, dog, and and if they're approved by the Kennel Club, they have to they have to be a certain standard, otherwise they get struck off that list. So it's I guess really important to make sure. Would it be worthwhile popping along to your local vet too? Because the vet would be seeing the dogs yeah. that come and go from breeders, and they'd have a good hand, yeah. finger on the Definitely. pulse. And also, also one of the things that I do quite regularly is go to the, um, I have to call it the the breeding shows. So the the, the what they call the breed shows basically. Mm. So there's a whole load of things. If you go on the kennel club, you can find out where they are, and and all the breeders are there, and they're there to show off their dogs, and you see the best dogs they've got, and then you can start to speak to them, find out about the dog and everything. Yeah, good so points. Definitely the best place to go. And it's a great day out as well because you get to see hundreds of different dogs that you probably wouldn't even thought about. <laughs> we'll come back to this list soon. So there's more tips to come on what to consider when buying a puppy, but even before you buy it. 0800 844 747 if you'd like to have a chat with Darren. Bill has text to say there's an agility competition going on next to me at present in Clive. There's dog stuff happening everywhere. And this is your chance to get some expert advice from someone who is inside the head of dogs in more ways than one. It's Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Darren, back to that list. Yeah, so the, the, probably the most important of all, and this is the one that we really need to do, just take your time. Don't rush picking a puppy. Okay. Mm. Um, just because the first dog you think of is, is the one you want doesn't mean that's the one you need. So take your time, really um, research the breeds, when you find a breeder of the of the dog that you want, go there a few times. You know, don't don't just go once and say, oh, that's the one I want. Go there, and watch the puppies. If you can, spend some time watching them play. Mm. Try and try and out which which of the puppies that you think might work. If one comes up to you straight away, that might be the puppy that is is the puppy for you. But you know, make sure you watch them. If the breeder doesn't let you do that, ask for some videos because sometimes they're down the other end of the country. See if they can send you some videos of the puppies playing. They should do that. If they're a good breeder, they'll do that. It's what, a couple yeah. of things on the phone. I guess it's fair enough to say, Darren, that a lot of people would go along with their children and their children will fall in love with one that walks up to mm. them. Do you have to kind of put those emo- emotions to the side and be a bit more prudent in your selection process? You do, because the the children are always going to pick the one with the puppy that comes over and just jumps all over them. That might not necessarily be the puppy for them. Mm. You kind of want a Mr. Average, really. My point number six, you want a, a, an average puppy that's yeah. not too over the top, not but not sort of one that backs away, because that could be some nervous anxiety waiting to happen later as well. Sure. So, yeah, def- definitely don't, don't let your kids pick the puppy. Let you pick a puppy, because you're going to be the one that's going to be training it. As much as you might think it's going to be the kids, it'll be you. <laughs> and how young, most breeders would be pretty in tune with how young is too young to let a puppy go. And how old is too old when you're going to choose a puppy that looks more like an adult dog? Yeah, so the standard age is between 8 and 12 weeks. I like a dog to be between 10 and 12 weeks if I'm going to pick a dog. And I'll try and get the um, breeder to keep it for a couple more weeks because that extra two weeks makes a massive difference to the to the aggression levels and the, and the behavior of the puppy. If you take a dog too early, it doesn't learn all those sort of subtle things that it would learn from all its litter mates. And, mm-hmm. and the mum will start telling it off um, at about sort of 10 to 12 weeks. And, and if you get that, then you 
to do it, and it's really hard if you because you're not a dog. You're not a dog. Right. <laughs> do it very well. So definitely between eight and twelve weeks, and if you can, ten to twelve is, is much better. But most breeders will try and get rid of a dog at eight weeks because it's a bit more expensive after that. Yeah. All right. Grab the phone. Give Darren a call now. The number here is oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven. Are most breeders happy for you to take the puppy to a vet before purchasing to have a, a check over, like a car, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting point. Actually, it's not something I've really thought about, but I would have thought that if you're going to a, a good breeder, then that breeder should have all of their records. And more than likely, I remember when we got our setters from um, a guy down in uh, Christchurch, we phoned their vet to see if, if what we were reading on the book was true and, and they were more than happy to, to tell us the details. I doubt that they'll let you pick the puppy up and take it to the vets. No. I wouldn't have thought they would do that and it's probably not good for the puppy either. But certainly, yeah, certainly um, find out who the vet is and, and give them a ring, I would say. I doubt many vets wouldn't sort of tell you mm. about the puppy anyway then. Yeah, that's a good idea. You can see from the puppy whether they're ill generally. Right. It's quite obvious if they've not got big fat bellies then probably they're not eating enough. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. You know when you go and look at puppies and you might go and look for the very active puppy because you want a real active go-getter, that yeah. really active puppy might be having a sleep because they've just had a big feed. So does it pay to go a few times and have a look yeah. at the puppies? Yeah. Definitely, that's that's why you want to, if you can, and, and I know when we went we went down to Christchurch, it was quite hard for us to mm. fly down to Christchurch from Hamilton um, more than once, so we, we weren't able to, but if you can, definitely go more than once, cause, and, and go at certain times as well. If you go at the same time, you're probably going to see the same thing. Go just before um, the sun sets, that's when you'll see the puppies are the most active, yeah. and then you'll really get a feel for how crazy your puppy is. <laughs> Heck yeah, it's a bit like buying a house. If you go past during the daytime, it's lovely and quiet. Go at night time, right. and, the, and the 25 year olds next door are going off like frogs and socks it's like yeah i'm not going to buy that we've all been there unfortunately we have what point have we got up to on the list so far Uh, we may we may have used a few but um we're roughly around five and i have to recap on a few so um choose a sociable puppy Mm. that's really probably uh, um if you if you get that wrong you've got a dog that you're struggling from day one so you don't want the puppy that's jumping on every dog and ripping them to pieces and really playing too hard because that's going to be an over-boisterous puppy that you're going to have to tame down and that's going to be the puppy in puppy um, preschool that is like charging around knocking all the puppies over and, and causing problems for everybody <laughs> but likewise you don't want the one that's sat in the corner really sad and, and looking petrified of the whole world because that's going to cause you lots of problems later with anxiety and nervousness yeah. so you want that middle ground that Mr Average again <laughs> Yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense. Do most people, in your experience, realise how important socialisation beyond purchase is with a puppy? No. People have this crazy idea that they go to puppy preschool and that's enough for the dog. Mm. And it just drives me absolutely insane that that's just the beginning and it's really nothing. Puppy preschool is really more about you learning how to look after your puppy and the dogs are playing, but... One thing that I've been talking to um, to my groups about is when, when you do puppy preschool, there's about 12 people, maybe 10 to 12 people together, form a social group, go walking together. You've got that group of dogs that know each other, and then that becomes a socialization, mm-hmm. and then other dogs can join you. Um, because really that first year they need to be out there meeting good dogs, not, not bad dogs, good dogs, on a regular basis to be completely socialized. Yeah, it makes very good sense. There's nothing yeah. worse than a dog... And I've spoken to you about this before. You know when you're walking down the road, I walk a neighbor's dog, Izzy the Waimarana. She's a giant. She's a beautiful dog. But you'll get small dog owners picking their dogs up quickly, and this thing (laughs) starts yapping away like it's got some kind of little man syndrome going on. 
pretty much right here. <laughs> but it is important, isn't it, to keep get the dog. It's a dog, for God's sake. Let it be a dog, right? Yeah. And, and the, the thing that we, or most people get wrong, is they think about small dogs and big dogs. Actually, dogs are just dogs. So a, a big dog will play quite happily with a little dog if they've been introduced to little dogs from day one, because at the beginning they're all little. Mm. So if we get them socialised right at the beginning, this whole I'm scared of big dogs thing just never happens. They just learn how to do it. That's very true. I've never thought about it that way. Even Great Danes and Irish Wolfhounds were once very small. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to get to the list more in a moment, but do, I urge you to call because time is running out. We've got another five or so minutes with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. The number is 0800 844 747. Is it hard to beat a Border Terrier as a great dog? I know I'm one-eyed about this, but they are an amazing breed. <laughs> they are. They are a great breed. There are many great breeds. Oh, are, they? are they? <laughs> there are, yeah. Border, mind you. <laughs> What's trendy at the moment, Darren? What, what are you seeing with new puppies coming through with people? Is there a particular breed that's more popular at the moment? Well, I'm actually seeing a bit of a revival of the um, of the gun dog and the pedigree dog at the moment. Um, mm. The last year or so, it's been a lot of the labradoodle crosses and that sort of thing, and the spoodly doodly crosses. Oh, um, but now I'm seeing my puppy classes a lot more of the sort of um, vizslers and the pointers and, and a lot of the gun dogs. Um, Proper dogs. Really nice. and, and the, bull, the English bulldog. I've had a few oh, of those. Oh, really? For a long time, yeah. So it's quite nice that they're starting to revive those classes. Maybe, maybe it's something to do with me. I don't know. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> Look, this is a very busy time of the year because it is puppy season. What else do people need to consider, Darren? Right, so when you go and get your puppy, it's so important that you see at least the mother. Yep. If you can see the father, even better, but a lot of the sort of pedigree dogs, they'll be um, artificially inseminated nowadays just because of the small gene pool in New Zealand. Oh, really? But if you can see the mum and the dad, really good, because you want to see the temperament of those of the parents. Um, a lot of the puppies will pick up more of a temperament from the mum generally, mm. not always, but generally. And if mum is, you know, if you go up to mum and she tries to rip your head off, it's probably not a good sign. Mm. <laughs> And but certainly if she is like too over boisterous and, and jumps all over you, then you know you're going to have a puppy that's pretty full on. That's not a problem because training can help you there. But if we've got any nervousness, anxiety, then that's a, a little bit of a warning that you you could pick that up. But if you see the dad and the dad is the totally opposite, then that mm. could balance the, the situation out. So okay. just a bit of a thing. If one really really. Uh, um, thing that you need to make sure now if you go to a breeder and they say oh i can't see mum because she's not very good with dogs or she's ill mm. just don't touch the puppies yeah. if they won't let you see at least mum forget it don't go there to what extent do you need to emulate the environment they've come from back at your place well if, if the breeder's good and, and a, um, an approved or reptile breeder they should be having their puppy in the house they should be introducing it to kids they should be doing all the things that a normal life would be if you go to the puppy place and they're in the barn in the back that puppy's not going to have any idea of how to live in a house mm. that's not a puppy i would be buying i'd be buying the one our, our setters when we went when we picked those up in christchurch again they were they were in the house there were kids there every day that they, they were almost bulletproof before we even got them to be honest and that's what they should be and that's why you pay that maybe a little bit extra for the puppy mm. because the breeder's doing the proper job yeah that makes sense 0800 844 747 just a couple more minutes here on the sunday cafe with darren rowe from mindfulness for dogs have we exhausted the list yet darren um we've talked about the the health check make sure you get that health check they should be wormed and, and they should have the um, injections uh, appropriate to that um the first one at least by the time you get them if they haven't then again don't touch them yeah. you want to have a look when you go there 
is there poo everywhere? I know it sounds really silly, but if you're walking into the area where the puppies are and there's pee and poo everywhere, that's a good sign that the, that the breeders aren't really very good. And, yeah. and that's going to spread diseases, and it sounds obvious, but you'd be quite amazed about that. And have a little wander around, you know, if they picked up the poo on the floor or was it all just left everywhere. Yeah. Because, again, that's some, well, something that might give you an indicator that the dogs could pick up some kind of diseases that you can't see now, but they might get later. Well, do you know what? I'd never, ever heard of ear mites, and we picked up our border terrier puppy from a proper breeder, but his ears had ear mites, and the poor thing was just scratching his ears the whole time. So you've got to check yeah. it. As you say, the vaccination record, the worming, yeah. all of that stuff. So as soon as you get your puppy, you, you, your best thing to do is take it straight to the vet and get a checkup anyway. Because mm. even, if, even if you've got an amazing breeder and they're doing everything right, there's always a possibility, isn't there, that your, your puppy's going to have something wrong with it. Um, that, that, just, that just happens. It's not necessarily means it's a bad breeder. And, and there are certain things that are more specific to certain dogs definitely and ears especially if you've got the big floppy ears then mm. always check the ears that, that's always going to be likely to be an issue for your dog oh and it's just cruel watching them scratching away and oh, oh. Isn't it? yeah yeah and then of course um if you don't do something about it quite quickly especially as a puppy then they get really sensitive around your ears and you can't touch them mm. and then it becomes a real issue because it's an ongoing problem especially ear mites definitely. yeah now people can get in touch with you outside of the sunday cafe because you're there for everybody around the country with great advice how do people get yeah. in touch with you um, so you can find me on www.mindfulnessfordogs with the number four dot com, or you can just search Darren um, Rowe with two A's and you'll find me everywhere. Mm. If you go onto my Facebook page, that's so just Mindfulness for Dogs. At the moment, if, if you, um, I've got a little giveaway. I've got a great book from How to Walk Your Dog with uh, Mike White. Oh. So if you just let us know a little bit about your dog, then you might be in to win a, um, a copy of that book and a copy for your friend as well. Oh, so nice! It's almost well worth, worth... well worth a good look. Oh, absolutely. And little magic is there, my little border collie advertising it. So. Gee, and the emails are coming in already, Darren. I just heard that. Well done. Good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Not a problem. All the best.